Thank you. Great to be with you this morning, and uh, thanks to Dave and the team for the invitation. Uh, I know the other Dave can't be with us today. Appreciate uh, all the support in his role, uh, looking at missions uh, across the country and across the world. And uh, can I just begin by saying thank you. You're very much a part of that story uh, because of your commitment to standing alongside our workers, one who we will be sending out today, but uh, your history of, uh, of sharing with Andy and many others. So thank you for your great, uh, your great support. I got a great mate uh, when I moved to Melbourne. He was in my life group and he grew up in Ballarat. And he always tells me how great Ballarat is. I sent him a text message this morning and said, I'm in Australia's greatest regional city. And he texted back and said, ah, Ballarat. And then I sent him a sign which said, welcome to Bendigo. <laughs> yeah, good on you. That's right. So it's a great, uh, great city and was great to share with the other campus this morning. Recently, uh, I got a letter in the mail, a letter, handwritten, with a stamp on it. Some of you are that old, you'll remember what they are, you know? And, uh, and I took it home, and I was even showing it to my eight-year-old and saying, look at this, a handwritten letter. She wasn't very interested as she walked off with her device. <laughs> and I'll come back to that letter a bit later. But one thing struck me in the letter. It had a PS, you know, a postscript, a PS. And it reminded me when I was a kid, I lived in Newcastle and my cousins lived in Canberra and there was none of that technology that we celebrate today and we would write letters to each other. You know, P.S. I love you. P.S.S. I love you even more. P.S.S. I can't wait to see you. P.S.S. You know, the school holidays are coming. And uh, here in this letter that I'll come back to, written by an old man in some pretty shaky handwriting, was a P.S. I want to take you maybe to what is one of the greatest PSs in the Bible today, a postscript. And it comes from Romans 16. And uh, it's a passage that, to be honest, many of us might just kind of flip over as, as the postscript. Paul writes his letter to the Roman church. It's, it's so full of, of big topics about who God is and who Jesus is, about sin and salvation, theology, a lot of kind of churchy kind of words, big issues. A great letter to the Roman church. And it's like he then catches his breath. And he says to, uh, to Tertius, his scribe, I want to celebrate my friends. I want to celebrate people in ministry with me. I want to celebrate those who partner in mission with me. And so he writes Romans 16. Let me quickly read it to you. Put your seatbelts on. There's a lot of names here. Going to get through it as quickly as I can. Romans 16. I commend you to our dear sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Kentria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honour among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they risked their lives for me. I am thankful for them. And so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinatus. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Jesus. Give my greetings to Mary, who worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend of the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachius. 
Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Greet my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosis, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who I love so much, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asacrintus, to Philogon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and to Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love. All the churches of Christ bring their greetings. Aren't you glad you didn't get that Bible reading with short notice this morning? I finished it over at Eagle Hawk, and one of your dear community said, Hallelujah. I've, uh, I've been reading this passage over and over and over again over the last 12 months. You can kind of see it from uh, the scribbles. And, and why? Because I'm struck with this PS that we could just so quickly move over it. And yet, as we look at it and, and, and dig into the layers of this chapter that you might want to look at over a coffee this week, uh, there is so much that we can take from this one passage. In 16 verses, Paul gives us 27 names. 16 verses, 27 names. What is he doing? He's celebrating the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. Ordinary people like me. Like I'll, I'll refer to Kay this morning uh, as, uh, as our worker who we come to celebrate with in commission this morning. As we pray for Kay today and as she steps out, she would be the first to say that she's not some extraordinary missionary, but here is someone who has embraced God's gracious invitation and who steps out in mission, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. If we were to write this letter today in Bendigo, we'd go around this room and we could celebrate different people with different gifts, different people who play different roles, and the reminder that we all have a role to play. Every morning I get up, I look in the mirror, and I might not look what I might, might not like what I see, you know, not as flash as your senior pastor, you know. And uh, I look in the mirror, and then I hear my eight-year-old say, "Dad, you're old. You're the oldest dad in our school." And I might step back from that and think about what is my identity. And I remind myself that it doesn't matter what anyone else says about me or whatever society wants to say or whatever label someone wants to put on me or what I might even think about myself. I remind myself that I'm a child of God. I am loved by God. That my identity is not in what I do or in a title or a position. My identity is in the fact that I'm a citizen of the King. I belong to Jesus. And then more than this, I pick up this passage and I read these strange names and like them, 2,000 years plus, I'm reminded that I'm esteemed with the privilege of being the hands and feet of Jesus. And what was their approach? Why did uh, the likes of Andronicus, I always think of coffee when I read his name, Andronicus and Apelles and Herodian, what, what was it about them? Someone had passed the baton of faith onto them just like we've celebrated that today. And Why? Because they were committed to what you're committed to, to relational mission. And that is at the heart of who we are at Baptist Mission Australia. We come alongside people in communities around the world. We come alongside people. We, we build friendships. We, we break down barriers. 
We forge relationships. Uh, there are cultural differences to overcome. We live as good neighbours. We model, as you do in your community, the incarnation of Jesus in living in and coming alongside. And the fact that Kay is called today to do that across in Southeast Asia is wonderful and we celebrate that. But you know, most of the names in this passage, they stayed in their local community. They stayed in their local community. And Paul celebrates the fact that they rolled up their hands, they rolled up their, their sleeves, and they got their hands dirty in mission. It was great to share this morning with uh, your campus and at Eagle Hawk and feel so welcome to be here today. And, and even as your senior pastor was praying, praying about so many different aspects of, of, of ministry, but ministry in the community as you step out as the hands and feet of Jesus. I wonder this morning if you need to pause. I wonder if you need to pause this morning and remind yourself that you are not who others might say you are that you are not even who you might say you are, inadequate or that mission is not for me or discipleship is not for me. Can you stop and remind yourself, I, I do this every day, God doesn't need Scott Pilgrim. God is already at work in my world. God is already at work in my neighborhood. God is at work in my street. God is at work in my kids' school. God is at work in your neighborhood. And his gracious invitation, he invites us to join him. He invites us to join him. My kids come home and they get incredibly excited when they get a birthday party invitation. They're all over the fridge, you know. Uh, my eight-year-old's off to one this afternoon. God's invitation afresh to you this morning. His gracious invitation to step out in faith as a disciple maker. To step out in faith and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. To step out in faith as you, you bring a meal to a neighbour, as you, as you talk to a, a lonely person, as you come, along some, some, come alongside someone with a mental health issue and you push the stigma aside and you allow them to see who they are made in the image of God. As you do those small things day in and day out, we're all called, not just Kay, we're all called to take up the mission of God in our hands. 27 different names. Most of them stayed local. Some of them went further. Ampliatus went to Bulgaria. I've been studying some of these names. Ampliatus went to Bulgaria and they still sing a hymn today in Bulgaria about him. I've got one of my kids here with me, Arlington. He won't like me saying this. Sometimes Arlington says, I picked his name, you see. Sometimes he says, Dad, how did I get that name? And I say, well, you could have been Ampliatus. <laughs> Arlington ain't too bad, you know. 27 names, the mission of God in their hands. But, but then Paul goes one step further in this passage because he says we're co-workers, we're partners, we're co-workers, we labour together. He celebrates partnership. And that's what we do this morning. And it's my uh, privilege and responsibility to say thank you to you because as we commission and send out K, we only do that because you partner with us. We only do that because across our movement in Australia, there are churches who come alongside and journey with us. And I know this as a pastor, and I know it now in my role, that the most effective churches that partner with us are those that are committed to local mission and global mission. And that's true in this community. 
Paul invites us that we are not called to mission on our own. Kay goes and joins a thriving team in Southeast Asia, a thriving team with young adults, with married couples, with people of different cultures, with two team leaders who've been there for 20 years, and in a country where the majority religion uh, is, is, is so strong. What are we seeing? We're seeing people come to know Jesus on a regular basis through English teaching and through institutes and training schools and the things that we are doing in that country where Jesus is making such a difference in people's lives, but he can only do that because we partner together. Let me go back to the letter. I open this letter and it's a handwritten letter and you know, the, the writing is shaky. Kind of reminded me of, uh, of my kind of grandparents' handwriting. And the letter was from an 82-year-old man. And he was writing to me, addressed, executive director, Baptist Mission Australia, very formal. He was writing to me, telling me that his wife of 60 years of marriage had died. And there was a sense of grief coming out in the, in the letter. But he said, Scott, I want you to know this. I want you to know that for 60 years, my wife prayed every day for your workers around the world. I don't think there was a day when she didn't pray for your workers, particularly for those in Africa. And Scott, for 60 years, with the little income that we had, we've given to ABMS, to Global Interaction, to Baptist Mission Australia. We've given. This letter was a testimony to partnership. I read the letter and I had a few tears in my eyes and I put the letter back down and bing, an email opens up. I started at Baptist Mission Australia on March the 16th, 2020 with grand plans. Two days later, we closed the office and I have been around the world hundreds of times over the last two years on Zoom. I'm finally looking forward to getting out this year to our teams. But here was an email recorded by a 16-year-old filming his dad who works with us in Malawi, Tim and Mel from North Queensland, who can only do what they do because the Northreach Church, their home church like yours, is such a supporter of them. But listen to this, it was beautiful. Tim's telling a story. He's telling a story about a life group, if you like, a Bible study group, but it's a life group in Malawi. It's a Yao Bible study that looks a bit different to ours, and there's plastic chairs on red dirt under a tree. It's a group of believers who've come to know Christ in, in, amongst a, a, a group of people where so few understand the good news in a way that makes sense to them. And there was this Bible study. It was being led by a young man called Philip. Listen to this. Philip didn't become a disciple through any work of Australian Baptists on the ground. He became a disciple through a man named Dorgal, who was one of the first Yao believers. We're now getting second-generation believers. It's disciple-making. It's part of the journey, the course, the relationship training for you in terms of how do we come alongside? How does... Disciples become disciple makers. And here's, here's Philip. He's about to lead his first Bible study. There they are in this circle, and Tim's kind of looking on. For some reason, Philip chose a passage in Ezekiel to be his first Bible study. He was kind of nervous and anxious. His wife's sitting down, and he starts to lead the Bible study, and Tim tells the story, and he does it on the video. Tim begins to step back. He steps back. He steps back and wipes some tears from his eyes, 
and he, he realizes that 10 years ago he had to be in that circle leading that Bible study. But Dorgal's come to faith and now Dorgal's around that circle and Philip's leading that Bible study and his role has changed. He's there to be a mentor, a supporter, a coach to cheer them on. But you know, Tim's in Malawi. Tim's in Africa. And Tim can only do what he does, he does because he's a couple who for 60 years have prayed and partnered so that the Yao today can come to know Jesus. Partnership. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's what we're called to locally, to be extended family on mission. It's what we're called to nationally as a movement. It's what we do globally. It's why we celebrate with Kay today. She joins a team in partnership. 27 names, ordinary people, the mission of God in their hands. You dig a bit deeper and you see the call to partnership. You dig a bit deeper again and four times if you go away and read this passage, Paul highlights that they are beloved, dearly loved, loved of Jesus, that they are a community called to love each other. A community called to love each other that they might then permeate that love in their local community, the places that God sends them. I walked into Eagle Hawk today, and uh, uh, as a pastor, I'd only been there a few minutes, but I'd been welcomed by lots of people. Uh, there were people laughing. There were people offering uh, Ali uh, some, some food or a drink. There were others in serious conversation. People were praying. I was struck by, here's a church that knows how to love each other. We take it for granted, don't we? But we need to cherish it. We need to cherish it. Because we can't love out there unless we love in here. And we're called to model that love of Jesus to each other. That as we then move out, knowing who we are as children of God, loved by God, loving each other, that we then can permeate that love in our local community. Because look at this passage, what comes next. It's, it's amazing. It struck me when I first read it afresh last year. 27 names. God's ordinary people, you and me. I'm sorry if you think you're extraordinary today. I'm bringing you down to ordinariness. 27 names. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. Committed to partnership. Committed to loving each other. And then what is the first thing that Paul says? Watch out for disunity and division. Wow. Watch out for disunity and division. Stay away from those who seek to divide. We could jump in a car today. And I don't know the church of Bendigo, but we could jump in a car today and we could drive around Bendigo, we could drive around Victoria, we could drive around the country. And sadly, we will find churches that are divided. I was asked to speak at a church recently and when I got there, uh, the, the pastor, interim pastor said to me, we're going through a really challenging season. We're really divided. There's a lot of hurt people. And as I spoke and after the service, uh, the sense that people had got so caught up in disunity that the sense of mission had been lost. Celebrate your unity. Ch cherish that unity. Uh, work every day at it because I know myself what I've learned. How does disunity start? It starts so simply when Scott Pilgrim worries about himself. 
It starts in small things and it festers and can be fostered. But Paul says, here is my picture. 27 names. Here is unity. Here is community. And here is a community on mission together where every one of us has a role to play in coming alongside others and shaping and making disciples. And we do that when we recognize that we each have that individual calling just like Kay has. And we celebrate that. And we celebrate partnership. And we come together in community. We guard against disunity. That's the same with our teams. If I'm honest, there are some of our teams around the world who are struggling with relationships, and that's human. But when they struggle with relationships, mission is pushed to the back burner. Kay joins a team that is thriving and blossoming where we see God at work in so many ways. And then how does it all finish? How does this PS finish? Now we get these strange names. We remind ourselves the mission of God is in our hands. That tomorrow, today, tomorrow, this week, everyone is invited to roll up our sleeves and get our hands messy in serving Jesus. We're reminded of that. We're reminded of the importance of loving each other and of unity. And what does all that lead to? Verse 25. Now all glory to God. Verse 27. All glory to God. To the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. When we step out in mission together, we bring worship to God. Mission is worship. You as a disciple maker, bring praise to God as you build relationships, as you serve others in Jesus' name. Leslie Newbigin says that when we step out in mission, we sing a doxology to our God. Now, we don't sing doxologies much in churches these days. I grew up in a little Presbyterian church, and every Sunday their service would finish with a doxology. There was Paul on a small organ, and Paul was a pretty big unit, and Paul would play this organ, and uh, it would get interference from the local taxi service. So as we're seeing the doxology, car four to wall's end, <laughs> and we would sing the doxology. There's a few people in this room who know me. You don't want me seeing the doxology today. But every one of us, when tomorrow rolls up our sleeves, when we, when we say, God, where are you working my world? When you say, God, wh where are those people of peace? It could be at the gym, the footy club, the school car park, your next door neighbour. Could be someone in an indigenous community, a homeless person, uh, an asylum seeker. It could be someone in a, in a different uh, place in this country that you know. It could be in Southeast Asia where Caicos. Well, this week we celebrate afresh. We are children of God. The mission of God is in our hands. Ordinary people esteemed with that privilege. And as we do that one next thing, as we see where God is at work, as we embrace God's gracious invitation, we sing glory, glory, glory to God. No matter what your singing voice is, as you step out in mission, God hears your praise. Let me pray. Father God, as we just pause... As we pause and catch our breath, may you lay it afresh upon each of us as followers of Jesus that we 
might hear your gracious invitation to mission echo in our hearts and our minds afresh today. There'll be some of us here who are so busy, so caught up in just activity and everything about life that we've kind of, we've lost sight of, of that calling. We've lost sight of the fact that we are followers of Jesus called to make a difference in this community. There'll be some of us who, who have allowed others to put labels upon us and, and we don't think missions for us. Remind us today, you want to use us to make a difference where we are. There, there are some of us who are coming alongside people of peace and we're journeying with them. We're praying they might come to faith. Lord, encourage us and give us perseverance. And Father, thank you for community. Thank you that we can look across the aisle, down the aisle, around this building and celebrate that we are an extended family called to mission together. And thank you most of all. Thank you most of all for the love of Jesus. May it permeate our lives, may it, permeate, may it permeate this community, and may it permeate its heart for mission. Bless us, we pray today, as we make ourselves available to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.